on a Monday, sunny Monday. Hello, afternoon in New York City. My name is Ava Noblezada. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the Amarillo Project. <sighs> Just kidding. My name is Eva Noblezada. That's an ongoing joke. No one knows how to say my name correctly. Um, I am drinking, because this will be a thing on this podcast, a double beef feeder gin on the rocks. So Cheers. Cheers to us. Look at us. Look at us. It's not really rocks anymore. It's more like one sad little ice cube. Okay, so shit. Never thought I would actually have a podcast. It's just a good way for the universe to give me space to be an asshole into a mic. (laughs) Why not? Get paid to anyway. Quarantine's really given us that time, hasn't it? To kind of like lose our minds and find ourselves again. I think like... I needed this podcast to kind of push me forward. And wherever I was in life, it definitely met me where I was in my life. In this podcast, I'm just doing this introduction for you to just kind of set up what you're about to witness if you continue along this journey with me in the Amadio Project. It's really just about providing a fun, free, encouraging, and real space that talks about real issues that we face every day. Um, I love stimulating conversations. I love being challenged. I love connecting to people. And the people, aka the legends that I'll be talking to, this season just so happened to be uh, very, very, very good friends of mine. People that I love and would do anything for. And you're going to just absolutely lose your minds because they're so special to me. And even having 10 minutes of a conversation with them makes you feel so much better. They're just amazing so I hope and I know that the energy is gonna um, go through the mic and to your ears wherever you may be in the world so I am based in New York City for those of you who have no idea who the fuck I am my name is Eva Noblezada and I am a New York City based actress who sings um, (laughs) acts and occasionally moves her body other than walking sometimes on stage only if she's paid Um, and Obviously, as you surely know, unless you literally don't watch the news at all, quarantine and Rona have just really put a hold on any type of career anything for actors in New York City. Well, all, all, all around the world. It's just really put a stop on things. So I hope that this podcast provides some kind of connection to casual and fun and hopefully tipsy conversations that we'll be having and I just wanted to say before we start I am not here to sell you anything I'm just here because I also need these conversations for myself so I'm just putting them to the public because I felt like it would be helpful and fun we're going to be talking about you know body image anxiety talking about love joy shit we don't like shit we want in life shit we want to get rid of and you know probably talking about shit as well my friend's are weird and we sometimes go on tangents and you never know so might as well have an open mind so all of that being said I just want to thank you the beautiful listener 
If you're fancy as hell and have AirPods in your ear, good for you. I'll never invest in those. I don't understand them. But whatever you're listening <laughs> to this podcast in, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I appreciate you very much. And I guess welcome to season one of the Amadio Project. Might as well. Might as well. Just one more cheers. Cheers. Ah, oh, shit's fresh. Right. See you in a sec. Hello, everybody. It is 9.03 p.m. on Monday evening. It is raining outside, so apologies if you can hear the thunderstorms and the tap, tap, tapping on the glass. Um, and I am sitting across from guest number one on season one of the Amadio Project. Please introduce yourself. My name is Reeve Carney. <laughs> and tonight, we're drinking sidecars. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Eva. We haven't tried them, so hopefully they'll taste I like bet this. it's going to be really good. You Whoa! nailed it! You always <laughs> nail these. That is so good. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, so as the first guest ever, yeah, he's also, this is very casual. I, we have a mic and he's very um, intelligent when it comes to sound software, so if you have to fix it, let me know. What, is it looking good? Oh, yeah, I just thought we were maybe a little bit loud for a second, but this is probably good. Do you want me to turn this down? Oh, is that the volume? I have volume right here in front of me. What's this thing here? Gain. That's what you really want to turn down oh, normally. see, I didn't know. Should, that might be good. Great. So as the first guest ever of the Amadio Project, how do you feel? It should feel literally like nothing new in your life. I f- yeah, I feel good. Good, okay. We just had P.S. Kitchen. For those of you who know, it's located on 48th and 8th. It's vegan, junk food, and it's delicious. Anyway, so today our topic is called Finding the Positive or the Heart in Art. Just because when I think of Reef Carney, other than talent and um, disgustingly good looks and nice things about you, I just think you have an incredible way of putting yourself into your art in a humble and wonderfully inspiring way. So I think that's what we're going to ask questions about today. Thanks, if you're up for that. Yeah. Wonderful. Cheers again. Cheers. I'm kind of nervous because I'm not interviewing <laughs> anyone yet. Mm. I can't tell. Now it looks really quiet on there, so maybe somewhere in the middle. Oh, lightninging. Okay, so question number one. What were some of the things that inspired you to write your album or inspire you to write, period? So, well, the thing about my album, Youth is Wasted, uh, well, I I mean, I had done other recordings before then, obviously, or not obvious to some people, but you obviously know that. But um, the, I'd say everything leading musically that I had digested leading up until the point of making that album went into making that album. Mm. So that's everything from, you know, discovering Billy Joel and the Beatles as a kid uh, and people like Queen and Aerosmith to learning how to play guitar in blues clubs in Los Angeles to playing in jazz band in high school and being in the vocal jazz ensemble and studying classical harmony and well, jazz harmony, music theory and all that stuff so all that stuff I feel like went into making it and then obviously my favorite artists at the time listening to them who was that? well around the time I started getting really interested in recording stuff uh, like thinking that I was yeah very interested in the art of recording was uh, probably I'd say around 2003-2004 and I had just discovered an album by Sam Phillips that my friend Stevie Gurr turned me on to 
um, called A Boot and a Shoe, and it, I love the sound of that album. And I was also obsessed with Fiona Apple's album When the Pawn at mm-hmm. the time. And uh, so in terms of recordings, also Nora Jones has come away with me. I love oh, that album. Yes, some of my favorites and as well. That was really, 2002. That's really impressive engineering work on that album. Just like staying out of the way of the music, like letting the songs and the vocals speak for themselves mm-hmm. and the performances, which is what I love about recording. I always try to do that. And my brother had also bought me a book. Oh, yeah, Paul McCartney just put out an album called, um, oh, now I'm forgetting, the first track on it's called A Fine Line. Um, but why am I forgetting the name? Chaos and Creation in the Backyard. That that came out in 2006. And, um, or no, 2005, I think. And at the same time, my brother had bought me this uh, book called Recording the Beatles for Christmas, oh, which is yeah. like this huge book you've seen, obviously, mm-hmm. in a tape box, an old tape box. So uh, What a great it, gift that was. Yeah, and then I started reading all that stuff and learning about their techniques. And then I, I read a book called... All You Need Is Ears by George Martin and a book called Here, There, and Everywhere by Jeff Emmerich who was the, um, both sadly passed away since that time. But um, yeah, he was the engineer of, uh, starting on Revolver and then engineered Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and won the Grammy for that. So that, you learn, I learned so much from reading those books. So a lot of that kind of happened all at the same time. I guess what I'm saying. That's a lot of input. Yeah. But I will say, a lot of input that created an extravagant output because I am not a biased person. I don't think I am, but I do think that your album is exquisite. Thanks. Yeah. I remember listening to it in London. I was on my way to some ramshack town. I didn't want to get on the train, and my iPhone was on shuffle and Checkmate played, and you know that's my favorite song yeah, I know on you the like album. That one. <laughs> but it literally was just like it, it's just incredible. It's what you've done on that album, and because you did everything. Yeah, I did play. Yeah, I did. I, uh, except for, there was only one vocal that, well, I, there, there were like a, I did everything in my apartment, actually, except for two drum parts I did, um, at my friend Mike Elizondo's studio. He mm. let me work there for the day, which was so nice of him. And, uh, his engineer, Brent, recorded those two drum passes on Resurrection and Checkmate, actually. Those, mm. everything else was recorded in my apartment, which is kind of insane because, I, I think I discovered at some point that for whatever, whatever reason, psychologically, people, neighbors get really disturbed by musical instruments, <laughs> <laughs> but they somehow don't care at all if it's construction or anything. Like, it, yeah, it, that's it, so weird. Yeah, no complaints. Hear, yeah, here you can hear like they're building that hotel across the street. Yeah, and it's constant. Like literally, while I'm teaching, it's like bang, bang, bang. But if like yeah. the other day in the elevator, somebody was like, "Oh, is that you singing Defying Gravity?" And right. I'm like, so you hear that, but you don't hear all the right. crap outside? Yeah, and so Very like, interesting. And it's kind of annoying to me, because I'm thinking like, man, you guys put it, it's, what is it so annoying about music to you guys? Yeah, imagine being your neighbor at the time when you're writing that freaking album that got an IMA, yeah? Thanks, you. I mean, if if that was me, I would literally be making you baked goods, buying you presents, well, leaving you your little stalkery. But just to say thank you for having me hear something other than construction sound. Thanks, Eva. Well, but I, I the thing is, I, the reason I did the those two drum passes well those were actually the first two drum passes I did on the album because originally I wanted to do everything prior to outside you did them outside yeah I did them in Los Angeles but the rest of it was recorded in New York and Mm. some in Dublin but um, I wanted to I I like to use as many um, 
I like for instruments to have dual purposes as often as possible. So, mm. like, for instance, people, most people, not most, some people do, some people don't know that piano is a, considered to be a percussion instrument. So you wouldn't think of it as percussion necessarily, but it, if you think about it... If I think of really bones, think I think it, of percussion, and I think of piano. It does, I mean, because it's like, yeah. it has an attack to it that an acoustic guitar has to a degree, but an electric guitar doesn't necessarily have, and, you know, the voice doesn't necessarily have in different things, um, or the bass. But, so... I would try to find ways to make the, you know, to use a piano as a percussion instrument in addition to being harmonic and melodic, and the same thing with acoustic guitars or anything I could. So I was thinking, originally I wouldn't put any percussion on the album. Originally it was going to be no no drums. So every song you hear on the album, not every song, but I'd say 80% of the songs were constructed... Without Start, Yeah, starting with piano first, then the guitar, the vocal or guitar and the vocal, and then overdubs, bass, uh, different things. That's and then, so backwards as to like how most people, I feel like, write their songs. Yeah, it is, but I think it gives you a chance. That, that The reason I wanted to do it that way is that I didn't want to rely on drums for excitement. Mm. And to also, I didn't want to have anything there that didn't need to be there, because drums, to me, unless it's, it's a drum album, I mean, because I love that stuff, too. There's a great Buddy Rich... Uh, Gene Krupa album this is like just them playing drums and it's, it's amazing but unless I feel like I would get a lot done if I was listening to that yeah probably like I, in, in the apartment just, yeah I'll show you <laughs> I feel like I would get I'd feel very productive I'd be like I'd hear drums and then want to like file my paperwork for some reason I don't know yeah because it's, it's exciting <laughs> yeah it, it is really cool but I don't know I'm kind of rambling but basically like this is uh, by the way a show that encourages but, tangents yeah I wonder who's going to be interested in these answers like, well, everyone, I hope they because will. everyone can learn things if if you're paying attention, and that is also mainly speaking to myself because nowadays I have the see I forget I forgot even what it's called, like paying attention to something attention deficit, no. yep, or something like that, maybe, like, maybe possibly <laughs> probably like I have a very hard time focusing on something for a yeah. long time right now yeah. in in this situation. So oh, wait, as, my point about the whole thing though was. <laughs> that, <laughs> It was that once I realized the neighbors were so annoyed, like they're annoyed by music, but they're not annoyed by um, construction. I played every, I played all the drums in my apartment, but I did them one at a time because I realized each that part of the drum? each part. I did hi hats first usually, and then I would do the snare second, and then the toms, and then the kick drum last. For those of you who obviously know, there are many parts of the drums. So the fact that you're saying this is proof of your patience I guess well and I didn't use any beat alignment I didn't move anything so it was exactly as I played it but it of was course. all separate and so it was kind of well, funny because it was the only way I could do it because I, I, I you're like, cut, cut, cut. but they, that they would annoy me, me so oh that's actually really clever <laughs> and they don't care I literally did not get a single complaint so mm. a single one not a single one were you playing music as loud as like you yep. normally do yep. wow that's very impressive yeah um anyway please listen to his album because if you don't I hate to say this, but you are absolutely missing out on adding another wonderful quality of life into what you're already living as. So please listen to Reeve Carney's album. It's fucking amazing. Um, as an actor slash singer slash dancer, <laughs> no, really, tap dancer, you could be. What is a huge quality of yourself that allows you to do your job well? As all, I'm definitely not, I would not call myself a dancer, you know that I would I, That was absolutely <laughs> kind of 60% truth, but 40% joke, because <laughs> I genuinely think that you'd be an amazing, I feel like bachata. Bachata? Oh, like, But yeah. also, maybe a tap dancer. <laughs> well, 
No, that'd be cool. I mean, I wouldn't mind learning it. But so wait, what's the question? The question again? was: <laughs> As an actor singer, what's a huge quality or qualities of yourself that allow you to do your job well? I don't know. I um. I. It's, it's, hard, it's a hard yourself. question. It's actually a hard question to answer during this quarantine situation because... Well, that's what's interesting. This is where we should unravel this. Yeah, because all the things that I... The tools I normally use for all these things that, that are beneficial are a little bit more difficult to access in the quarantine thing. Why? Because you don't have access to stage or performance during yeah. quarantine? No, not just that. That was a joke. Yeah. We obviously fucking don't. Yeah. <laughs> but just... It's good, though. I mean, it's good in the sense that uh, can can, can I answer something for yeah. you? I feel like you have an amazing work ethic. Thanks. I definitely like to work. You do like to work. But <laughs> but I I uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, the mentality, the way the way you approach it, you know, the the mind I think is like the, is the first step. I agree. And so if you approach things with the right attitude, you can't guarantee results, but you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to do better than you would have if you had not approached it with that is true attitude an attitude of gratitude yeah that you get to and you know yeah definitely that mainly and then also just you know wanting to try and cheers to trying during quarantine because man it's freaking hard yeah gosh this is so dumb (laughs) (laughs) but it's cool. I mean, maybe is this the tropical storm? Yeah, it's a hurricane. I, I, Is, Isaias, but I think that's what they call it. I think that's how they're. I've heard people on the, the news, like Wolf Blitzer, saying it Isaias? like that, and I'm like, oh, I never that's heard you pronounce. That's a cool name, though. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Um, here's something that I should have asked after question one, but okay, what is a secret? secret ingredient of songwriting for you not your secret ingredient but something that you feel like i guess is helpful because as a songwriter myself being absolutely terrified to show other people my stuff like absolutely terrified well like what's something that you feel like helps take down the walls i guess it's one thing i always forget because i feel like i have a some sort of a writer's block the the thing that pretty seems to generally help is listening to music you love, or mm. you don't. Maybe not even stuff you love. Listening to other people's music, it seems like that really helps. And so, and I, and it reminds me of when I started, of the time I, when I first started writing songs, because that's what I was doing. I was mm. just pl- learning other songs, and then in the process of playing those songs, you go, you might make a mistake, or you might go, oh, I wonder if this went here instead. Yeah. And you do that. And then you're like, oh, well, I could make a totally different song this way. It's kind of like what I've been doing with the circuits and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. How I found the, based on like exploring, trying to rebuild one of my favorite effects, it opened up a whole... Please, yeah, please <laughs> tell the people what you've been doing because it's absolutely incredible. It's like, yeah, it's oh, insane. Thanks, you. Tell them what you've been doing if you're up for that. Yeah, well, I have been building... Uh, guitar effects pedals or not necessarily for guitar just effects pedals but from scratch but from yeah like the, uh, basically I just got this interest basically I bought two of the same pedal that are, are my favorite pedal uh, one of my favorite pedals at least and one of them came from Germany the replacement and not that that matters but um, it took I guess the only point in saying that is that it was kind of not easy not very easy to return so <laughs> <laughs> I bought it and uh 
I was like, geez, Louise, this thing sounds completely different from my original. What is this? And I, so I opened it up. I never really thought to do that with pedals unless I was trying to fix a problem or, or just check out, a, change a battery. But I looked inside and I was, I immediately realized that they looked completely different. All of the components in the back were like. I remember you showing me, and it was like you showed me the one that worked. Yeah, and it was like looked really neat, and the other one looked like shoots and ladders. Yeah, the board it game. did. It looked really weird. Yeah, and. <laughs> And so then I realized, okay, what are these parts? I don't know. So I, I set out to rebuild the one that didn't work and then kind of went off on a tangent during the process and started designing my own circuits, which has been really, really, really cool and fun. Very exciting. And, and obviously you are trying to make, not obviously, but you're hoping to make these effects pedals to have musicians use them yeah yeah you know i mean i was thinking about really originally the whole idea was just to build rebuild that one pedal so i bought the parts that that it seemed i would need for that but then i realized oh man you go down a rabbit hole quick because like (laughs) you think you're going to save yourself money by trying to rebuild it i could have probably saved more spent less money by just eating the one cost and then buying another one of these vintage pedals. And now you have like five tackle boxes worth of potentiometers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's brilliant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so let's pretend, because obviously we've not done Hades Town, Shady's Town, Ladies Town for 50 years. Oh. Um, it does feel like that. Yeah, but I will, I got to say one more thing about what? this drink. You literally make these, they taste just like Bar Central. Well, I'll cheers to that. And because since they're not open, well, we this might is have, really amazing. This is for free. Mm-hmm. I'm getting this for free. Mm. Very good. Kind of a nice setup. Even though it makes the best sidecar I've ever had. It Thank is so you good. so much. I appreciate this. I'm also really enjoying this rain yeah. right now. I was hoping that it wasn't going to ruin the audio, but hopefully it'll be okay. People might like it, especially if we get a good thunderclap. That'd be cool. Thunderclap? Yeah. I'm pole dancing at the moment, and there's this thing called like a stripper clap. I think it's called stripper clap or clack. And it's when you like um, put your shoes together and make like a cock sound. Uh, it's really really cool. Um, okay, cool. anyway, not talking about myself, <laughs> um, but we haven't done Hades Town so long. First yeah. off, how do you feel about that? Mm, well, as you know, I was very stubborn with myself, and I once I got to a certain <laughs> point. <laughs> Why is that funny? Whoa! Whoa! That was it looks a big like one. like freak. It There's looks a like Stormer Doctor Jekyll and, and Mr Hyde are gonna like come out of there. It's so cool. I looks, I feel like honestly, we're in London. It feels like we're in London. Doctor, that is true. From where we're sitting, there's a building across the street um, from my window where you guys know the Pigeon Restaurant. Hello, that's where it is. But the building next to that, it's kind of shady, and sometimes my neighbors go to the top of the roof and they can look into my apartment. And it's not really what I'm trying to do during pole dancing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give a free show, but. I actually would would picture on that roof Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Is it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Yeah. Coming out on the top of the roof. And actually, that's like the last thing I want to see because I actually I know, scared the crap really out of me. I know, it's really crazy. But um, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, obviously, you laughed when I said I was stubborn with myself. But basically, like, once I, you know, once we made it through previews and whatever, because I'm probably the hard, I'd say the hardest part is tech and previews. We're going to get into that. Oh, yeah. Well, my point is, because I was able to... This is my first time on Broadway not having an alternate, and yours too. This is accurate. Well, on Broadway. I did not yeah. have an alternate in Les Mis. Okay, right. But on Broadway, I mean. On Broadway, yes. But um, 
Yeah, but I, I understand your point because you're doing eight shows a week on the West End, so it's, it's whatever. But I, I had never done eight shows a week until Hadestown. Yeah. But um, even though I had to be in the building in Spider-Man for that's all eight so shows. so weird. Yeah. That is, is very strange. That, yeah, yeah, that's very strange seemed, to me. It would have been... But, um, but yeah, so... I. Once we got through Tech and Previews and the Tonys and everything, I was kind of like, I hadn't missed a show at that point, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to see how long I can go with this. Like, <laughs> it was kind of like Forrest Gump running across the country. That's kind of how I felt. I was like, let's just see. And so, thankfully, I didn't miss a show until we booked our vacation. Ugh. And then, so, I guess that the reason I brought that up is that uh, I feel good I don't know. I felt kind of ready for a little bit of a break, obviously, like a week. But now we have longer than a week, so <laughs> it. Yes. Um, yeah, I felt like many weeks. We put many in the bats, time. Many weeks. Yeah, it felt like yeah. It's I did you know I even would have liked maybe a month off, but but it almost four or felt, five months. So it far felt now. like the National Theater for a little while, and then once it passed like the two month mark, I was like, ah, oh, wow. this is legitimate. Yeah. Because at the National, we had. I would say that's like that's the schedule I would absolutely sign up for. At the national, we had um, what was it called? Yeah. Um, rep. And we were in rep with Anthony and Cleopatra in the Olivier Theater, the National Theater in London. And we would have like five shows, and then like four days off, and then like a week of shows, and like a week and a half off. It was kind of the perfect mixture. The only annoying thing was that I didn't have all my stuff stuff in yeah. London to like live and like do other stuff. Like, you didn't have any of your recording equipment or anything. I had some, but I didn't use that Oh, much I remember yet. you got your little MIDI thing. But, yeah. like, you didn't have, like, your, your no, setup not setup. No. So, if that were to happen here, because, I mean, like, no one really talks about the, and I will say this, the absolute fucking craziness of maintaining, and I will say a f- perfection, because people who want perfection, you know, those are the ones that are paying for the show to go on, eight times a week. And, yeah. like, Hadestown, I know for me, is not an easy show, and I know for you, it no, takes a lot not, of focus, yeah. takes a lot of technique, it takes a lot of um, determination, and also just taking care of yourself. Which yeah. Is, I, I know a lot of people ask you, like, how do you, like, Orpheus, I don't know who I am, I was going to ask his voice, I don't know why I was doing that, but a lot of people ask you, like, how do you, as Orpheus, in that part of your voice, like, maintain eight shows a week, and you always say the same thing, which is actually quite simple. What, the water sleep technique? Yeah. Right. Wow, you put that in a way, though, that was very... Whoa! You put that in a way that, like, rhymed. That was really nice. Mm -hmm. But it is crazy that we have not... We're just kind of floating. And diet. I mean, you gotta eat... And diet. For me, I mean, I'm not a vegan. I never have been. I've tried... Vegan? Well, no, no, I'm just gonna say... Oh, because, um... Uh... You know, in concept, I really like the idea of being a vegan because I really don't like the idea of eating animals at all. Yeah. But I've tried it, and it hasn't... Worked for me yet. I'm not saying I'd never do it. It um, would be, I would say, it would be a very difficult transition for you. A little, Seeing yeah. Seeing how, how I, like, weirdly enough, like, I, your diet, well, I know. Well, because I think for me, like, legumes, <laughs> this is <such> weird. <laughs> they're, they're not, I don't what think they sit, like they don't sit as well with me. Isn't that what you call it? You, but, say, you say the L like it's in, like, a... a legume. Like, you say the L like it's, like, a fancy script L. Oh, yeah, I saw legumes. that way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but those don't do as well for me. Uh, but I, 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 I think for me, I have a pretty protein. high protein diet. You do have a high and protein I, diet, and I think like that. I honestly think that has something to do with for me vocal Absolutely. health. I think protein is like a really important thing for that. But so I don't know. While I would like to be a vegan, I don't know. It's it, it hasn't. I will say I haven't succeeded. So have, having been a vegan for a year and a half, two years, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I just usually don't feel very good. Um, yeah, try being it, a vegan in Germany where you're like, do you have any vegan options? And they're like, we had bratwurst. I'm like, definitely oh, not what yeah, I'm asking wow. for. Wow. Vegan or bratwurst. Or yeah. Vegan. Ugh, there's n- I will say the only times where I've thrown up on stage in my mouth, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, is when I had Thai food and I was coming up when Patrick looked at me, he was like, why do we build the wall, my children? Oh, and yeah. I, I had thrown up in my mouth, green curry. Oh. But the only, no, so nice, lovely. But the only time I ever done that was after having a vegan veggie sausage. And I just threw up in my mouth. Whoa. Ooh, a lot of lightning. Crap. It's cool looking. Yeah, this is crazy. It's cool that we get like a sky view. Yeah. Not that you can't anywhere, but like it's a lot of sky right now. Mm-hmm. But, um,. So what would you say then? You you would say, what? How did you word it? Sleep something. The sleep water technique. But then people underestimate the amount of water that they actually need to consume in a day. It's actually ridiculous. People are like, I had a a cup of water today. I'm like, that's literally you pee more than that in a day. It's yeah. The one thing people don't realize too that have maybe never been on Broadway. uh, It's you really. You can't quite live your life the way that you would at any other time in your life. I was literally saying this today. They were they kept they keep asking me, and I'm sure you get this too. What are some things that you're doing during quarantine, or what are some things that you like to do when you're not doing a show? And I'm like, well, we don't do shit when we're not doing a show. We literally wake up and go. We have to be at the theater in four yeah, hours. Yeah, and you have to do. I mean, that's why I, there are two types of people that I don't fully understand with this. Like, you know some celebrities that might come in to do Broadway and I only bring them up because it doesn't have to be celebrities but like people who are constantly hustling in other aspects of their life and basically say no to nothing it seems and that's not true because these people that I'm thinking of probably say no to a lot of things but they're just still work 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 yeah I would say like you have to say no a bit more often when you're on Broadway I agree and that's also no to projects that I would feel I say I can speak on both behalf. Project that you're like all of your body saying I don't want to do that. Right. Not to be kind. It's not like you're trying to be rude. Well, and but even if you want to do it though. No, exactly. Yeah. But like things that are like that doesn't fit with my schedule. I'm an, I know yeah. that's going to be tight. Or actually, even though this person is a friend of mine, they've asked me to do this thing. I'm just really not up for it, and I want to give them the best performance. Or even like my worst thing is saying no because I will. I know I won't have the energy. Yeah. Because doing Hades sound you, takes so much out of you physically. Yeah, we put it as our top priority to make sure that. The, we can do the uh, show. Yeah, well, the thing is, people are paying $160, $200 for a ticket to come see us on mm-hmm. stage, sometimes even more. The average price is like $190 That's a ticket. That's ridiculous to me. So they, you need to give them the best show you can. Absolutely. And so I don't want, let's say I was, you know, there's some other interesting project or like a, I mean, if it comes down to like you being able to save some more money, then I understand why people do it. But I guess what I'm saying is, People who I don't understand people who come to Broadway and, and are able to do their job or even attempt to do their job on an average of less than seven hours of sleep a night. You just I, just, I don't think you can do it I to the extent that what we have to do. I will with. say I've done that before. Um, literally doing Miss Saigon. Mind you, it was only maybe six, at the age you were, you could. That's true. Maybe it was. That's actually really true. Better. I was doing six shows a week in um, Miss Saigon, but also you probably still could. But you know, I highly doubt I could now. I'm so obsessed and clinging to the sleep schedule that I'm currently on. Yeah. Um, but when I was doing Les Mis, I was doing eight shows a week, and I remember going to bed, not as late as I know I do now, maybe like one o'clock. I'd be like, oh, it's very late, right. one o'clock. And then waking up at like seven to go to the gym and have my personal trainer session and then have yeah. a whole day of just like, I don't know, fucking around. Like, I literally just remember shopping a lot in London. Well, then maybe forget what I said. Show. No, but I remember... 
I mean, no, because no, I think there are different people for different things. Like for true. me, I could not do that now though. Well, because we did do it. Like I mean, the night of the Tonys, for instance. I mean, that's we, different. We have yo. to do it, but like the, the night of the Tonys. How we, many we had hours? A two show at? day. Oh, yeah, two shows. We, yeah, we had we had done seven shows that week, so we were You're pro- lying. no, no, seriously. We did two shows that day. Yeah, we it's, no, no. First, we it was oh, Saturday okay. night. We yes. did Saturday matinee, Saturday evening. Then we tried to go to bed. I mean, like the thing is with Broadway, you know, you you work. Was that like three hours? Yeah, three hours of sleep. Oh yeah, my God, oh because because we'll do. Um, you know, it, what, what will we do? We'll do. Uh, I'm losing my train of thought, but <laughs> I mean, seven shows a week. You know, so you, uh, well, you do eight shows a week, but at the seventh show on a Saturday night, um, if you do the stage door, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Um, so we, if, we're talking about things we literally haven't thought about. I in know. Months. I'm like, my gosh. <laughs> but so if you do the stage door, you know, you're working in the evenings until. You know, I shouldn't say working, but you're at the theater until well, 11, 11.30 at night. Midnight most Maybe times midnight, by the time yeah. we go home now. And so if you're, if you're um, at the stage door until midnight, then you, you know, if you have to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, oh. I mean, even getting five hours of sleep is almost impossible. So no, at that point, adrenaline as well. Because you also have to, to eat down. dinner, and so you're, you know, you're pretty tired. Um, or pretty, or you're pretty wired, actually, at that point. But So in order to get to sleep... You just kind of have to relax, and you don't want to go to sleep right after you eat. But, so, what's my point? We did two shows. On the Saturday. Well, it was our seventh show, like I was saying yeah. earlier. But, um, And then we went home, got three hours of sleep, got up, went to, to the, the Tony, Tony rehearsal, rehearsal, which was like this. at 8.30 in the morning or 9 a.m. Yeah. We get there. We do that for like three, four hours, three oh, hours God. maybe. Then we had about an hour and a half before or half hour call for our eighth show of the week on Sunday at the Sunday matinee. Uh, we performed in that matinee. <laughs> then we went, I know it's making me tired just thinking of it. And then we got dressed for the red carpet, went to the red carpet, the whole thing. Whole shebang. Yeah, and then got into our show clothes again. Do you remember that person yelling at us when they're like, you're late, you have to get to your seat. Yeah, we tried as fast as we I could. I was like, the yo, was we just did a show. Yeah. And the line was crazy long for the red carpet. For the pee pee time as well. <laughs> I needed to go to the bathroom and it was so oh, overwhelming. I, remember that. I literally now it's all coming back to me and my mom was also with me and she was kind of like also overwhelmed and I was like, I wanna say I'm used to this, but I'm absolutely not. Every time this happens I'm still not used to it. But then we sat down and then they pulled us and then we got ready. Oh yeah. Well my point is by the time we actually performed on the telecast on CBS for the Tony Awards mm-hmm. of 2019. So far, the last Tony Awards to have ever happened. Hey, longest reigning best in the <laughs> <laughs> I know. When are, the, when are we going to have them again? Um, but so we, by that point, we had been awake for 18 hours and had done our eighth show of the week that day. Mm-hmm. And so, like you, my point is, you can do that in short bursts. I mean, you can just like cramming for a test or something. You can do it, but you can't be in constant test cramming mode for your entire life or the entire length run of a show so my point is i am a i'm a very much a uh advocate an advocate for sleep, for sleep saying that we, you know you need to sleep more i than, say minimum eight hours i used to say really? i used to say average well mainly, i can get by on seven i could do seven but i'd prefer eight i can get by on seven if i take a cat nap well i would say for us like during the first year of Hades and at least for me, I average probably seven and a half hours, eight hours maybe. No, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't like nine or something like that, but well, some now, nights I do. Now yeah. it's freaking like, what time is it? 2.30. <laughs> like, oh, what month whatever. is it? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Literally, it was just August 1st. Yeah. So this is a good question. We're almost at the end. What have you learned about yourself from past and current projects that you've taken on? And this can literally be just like you're talking about Tony's or Spider-Man or your work on like stuff with, with Julie or or literally anything because oh yeah starting from the beginning you're very you've done so many wonderful things thanks you and also you've been a lot of places you've been on tour yeah you know we've been on tour with johnny ling and also tour for your own yeah album. so there's like been lots of things that you've done so what are well, what have you learned about yourself or some things I always learn oh. about. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like someone. Sounds like a, I picture like a zombie from Westworld. No, no, no! Like, Why <laughs> would you say that? Why would you say that? We should watch that. I know. We okay, should. go ahead. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, you have the opportunity to learn from anything you do and any character you play. Mm-hmm. And actually, I, I first put this into words after hearing it from Kenny Ortega on the Rocky Horror Picture Show remake that I did. Mm-hmm. Um. Where he said that with any character, you have the opportunity to take however much of it with you as you want. I mean, you have to bring yourself to the characters, but you also can bring the characters with you, which is pretty That's cool. That's nice. I like that. And you, they can be your teachers, I think. Like, you know, let's say you're someone that's... Uh, like, if someone were an atheist, for instance, and they had to play a really religious character, that would be a really cool exercise for them. Yeah, that would be. Or, you know, vice versa. You, you, you know, you're... Just to see the other side of things or to balance things out. You know, let's say you are an extremely religious person, but you have to play a, a, a killer or like a depraved yeah. kind of character in some way. You can kind of. It helps with empathy. Obviously, you're always talking about this, Eva, about how we have to be, you know, we're kind of empaths as act To a degree. Everyone's to a different degree, but yeah. that's part of the job of being an Absolutely. actor. And as a musician as well, but with music, it's kind of. It's more, you have more, I think, to hide behind as a musician in some ways, but also maybe not. I I don't know, it's hard. I think it it depends on the wearer of the music. Like some people, for me, like I define myself as as an empath. I don't want to say true empath because to me that seems a little like, I'm a true empath. It's like, well, I'm the Girl Scouts. But I feel like if I find a song that I love, I want to wear it. I don't want to just listen to it. I want to wear it and I want to feel everything that the artist has has given and shared yeah rather than being like i don't know like that's i guess why like people are like how have you never listened to this song or how have you never listened to this artist and then vice versa it's like or the opposite of that the contrast like why do you keep listening to this song over and over oh you need to listen to other artists more than this it's like no like this artist has given so much of their yeah, well, so that's their heart into their song. Yeah, so I don't. When I said that you have more to hide behind, I don't really mean that. It, but I kind of, I kind of get yeah, that. Yeah, you know though. what I mean. It's I get that for commercial, like commercial yeah, music. I yeah, guess. Is that yeah. What you, maybe you're saying maybe, and I mean you you can wear the music as sort of like an armor in a way. I I, 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 I how do I put it? No, you know what it is. To me, at least, it depends. I mean, with. Music, sometimes I feel like it's just a pure expression of what... I guess in some ways, it's similar to acting, uh, in that you get to play characters, mm. and so with music, you can show different sides of yourself within a given song. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But with... I don't know, I guess the difference for me is... If you keep an music, open mind, there, it's flexible, though. Yeah, well, there's so much uh, happening for the audience member that's being communicated through the sounds. I guess that's what I mean. Rather than 
musical theater is a little is is like that, but it's for me great musical theater has to be um, anchored by the truth of the acting. Like absolutely, the music absolutely. is kind of you know when people want to know, wow, I, I that say- person's voice was amazing. Yeah, That's yeah. a nice thing to hear people say about people that you care about or, or I you. I feel like or, it's 70-30, 30% being sound and 70% being if the actor is truthfully telling the story that's meant to be told. Yeah, I mean it's... In everything. It's visual, it's in feeling, it's in... And so for that reason, in order to do that, you have to be so much more wide open, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. Maybe with for me with music, it's there's less thinking involved than there is with acting maybe I'm not sure that makes sense though because it makes sense because when you're writing music you're writing music when you're doing another musical you're singing the words of somebody else and they're like if you miss something they can say actually here's structure or go be free go be wild you still have direction when it comes to being in a musical rather than when I write something I know when I do something I feel like I have total control yeah me too that's maybe what it is maybe what you just said because I feel like I'm like showing up to a fight whether it's a playful fight when I'm playing music it it kind of feels a little bit like that yeah like I'm with acting you have to be fully vulnerable and open I don't feel that I need to be vulnerable in the same way as a musician totally it's different it, I totally understand that so that's kind of what I mean I guess yeah if that makes any sense yeah so before I ask you the last question last question yeah why this is fast this is quickness <laughs> Um, we're gonna do. No, it's probably not that fast. It seemed fast. Can you tell how long it's been? I think it's been thirty-six minutes. So it's oh, pretty good. Well, including the introduction is exactly the time I wanted it to be. Perfect. Six questions was perfect. I'm gonna do what Oprah does. She does like the speed round when she has like whatever. So um, choose a number one through ten. Seven. Oh my fucking uh, god! Uh, Are you joking? No. Okay, this is what happens. I was also thinking seven. <laughs> um, so I'm just gonna ask you seven random questions and okay. quick fire. All right. So this is going to be almost, if anything, completely not related to the questions we've asked. Do you already have them planned or no? No. You like, uh-huh. It's like, ha shocker. So to you, to Reef Carney, art is... Hmm. Art is... I mean, there's no wrong are, answer. No, I know, but these are tough. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> As if, as if you've asked me multiple I know. questions. These, these, are, these, these are tough. These are tough as if I pass you paper with yeah. all the questions. Let me think. Um, yeah. Uh, oh. I'm trying to th- go off the feeling. Like, I'm not trying to think about It is a word. also late. No, 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 no. But this is... I'm not a good rapid fire. I never have been. People have done this to me before, and I'm never able to That's do it. That's okay. There's no but pressure here. Art, it, what, it's a... Uh, I mean, does that have to be a one-word answer? Absolutely fucking not. Oh, okay. You know how hard it would be for me to give okay, one-word okay, answers? Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely not. Okay. It's a vehicle for you to tell the truth and heal yourself and other people, hopefully. Okay, that's literally the fucking opposite of one-word answers, so congratulations. That was really yeah, because the one-word answers are really hard for me. I hate one-word answers. It's yeah. kind of like... I re- I don't read the dictionary, but I'm I'm well aware that there are more than one an- like one other answer than this. Anyway, um, love is everything. God is more than everything. I like that one. Um, music is Ooh, my chosen language. Oh wow, <laughs> doing so well. <laughs> Wait, so now you're doing one more answer. So, well, not one word, not one word. <laughs> you did everything. Um, 
one piece of I don't like giving advice because I think it's subjective but what's something that a quote that you if you could put out into the universe you think it'd be helpful to younger people getting into this industry one quote that I always think of is actually it's a song lyric from one of my best friend Johnny Lang's songs from his album Turnaround which people will love I hope they check it out um, but he did a duet actually with Michael McDonald, which some of the people listening, their parents might know, or maybe people that age will also be listening to this off the bat too, which would be cool. But um, th- uh, th- it's a song called Thankful, and I do think it's true. I mean, it's really true. It's uh, He says in the song, the secret to life is being thankful. And you really can't go wrong with that. You do that, mm. anything you get that comes your way, you know, you're know, you going to turn into something better if you think of it that way. That's beautiful. Okay, two more. What's keeping you, not saying during quarantine, but what's keeping you feeling over the waterline? Well, you know, you know the answer to that. You know, I think there are a couple. I mean, I think that it, it would be very difficult to. Uh, be I feel for people who are completely isolated during this time. That mm. would be very difficult to be, have to be the only person you see every day. Although you know, I'd be okay. I'd be probably You'd be okay. better with that than the average person. I think so. But I would not enjoy it as much. But I, you know, I have been. Uh, I think also we have learned new ways. In some weird way, people that you don't see daily but you'd see often um in person it seems like you're able to almost focus on them more when it's on a screen sometimes it's weird i don't know what it is about the facetime thing but yeah but also there's something the, about like attention like it forces your attention maybe it's because everyone's gotten so used to computers but also outside noise is gone yeah we're not thinking about anything else like when i call my mom i'm like looking at my yeah mom. and you know that you're that that's what you you have a goal to oh we're gonna do this now yeah I prefer it to be in person, but it's nice. It's nice that you have that. But other than that, I mean, for me, like working on things that keep my mind busy in a creative sense definitely helps me. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's important to keep productive. So overall, in this amazing conversation that you've blessed me with the time to ask <laughs> questions, what do you think when it comes to finding the positive? and finding the heart in art, what do you think that you would say people should say yes to more? Love. Great first one, baby. <laughs> um, good. Anything else you want to tell the masses? Probably masses, I mean, like, are my first seven listeners. Set, no, you're going to have a lot of listeners. Who knows? Who fucking I knows? know you will. I'm going to pimp this out, too. Pimp it out? Yeah. Okay. Is that what you'd call it? I don't know. Okay. Pimp My Ride. Remember that show? I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I love that show. Is that with Ice Cube? I forget who the guy... I no, I don't he, think. He might have been on it. I, I think he was on it. Maybe. I can't remember. Can we do one last cheers? Yeah. Thank you so much for um, wasting 40 minutes. Ooh, that's you guys. It's not, a, it's not a waste. What are you talking about? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I have to hey. that guy. Hey. Hey. You heard about the... <laughs> no, but... <laughs> I just did it. Yeah, no, you guys gotta <laughs> listen to Eva, aka Eva, aka Eva Noblezada's podcast. This thing is gonna be straight fire, yo. <laughs> I know. Thank I, you. I know I don't talk like that, but um, 
Thank you so much. No, seriously, it's awesome. And I'm excited for the other episodes so I can listen to all of them. It's going to be a good time. I know you all are probably, your ears are tingling with yumminess from hearing the beautiful words of Mr. Reeve Carney. Um, thank you so much for listening to the first podcast. Hopefully there will be another one if Audible and Apple Podcasts decides to pick this the fuck up. Um, because honestly, this is one of my only projects during quarantine, so it'd be great if it picked up some wind. Other wees. Other wees. Other wees. Another wees. Eh? Otherwise, I know a guy named Bert Quixote that might be interested in being interviewed in case you have a gap in Well, we did. We did ask if he would be a part, but his assistant declined over voicemail. It did I'll sound, have to talk to him about It did that. sound a lot like Bert. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for everything. Okay. Bye, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.